back to On the Mic with Mike Peters. My guest this week is Raghu Adibatla, a Chicago comedian who grew up in Corning, New York. I even asked Raghu how to pronounce his name, and I'm still not confident. I am sure he was a delight, though. He started doing stand-up in Chicago back in 2010 and recorded his Dry Bar Comedy Special in April. It was just released on August 17th, so after you listen to this, subscribe to Dry Bar and give his special a watch. He's a super funny guy, so it's well worth your time. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Sign up for the Patreon, too. It's only 5 bucks a month. You can also follow Homebrewed Comedy on Facebook or go to homebrewcomedy.com for all of my dates. Thanks again. I'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. I'm peeling back my sunburned skin. I'll wait outside your bedroom. I hope they let me in. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. You're back in Chicago, right? Yep, I'm back. I was, uh, yeah, I was in upstate New York for a couple of weeks visiting my parents. Oh, I was gonna say, why were you in upstate New York? Like, yeah. I got a message for you. <laughs> know, like, right? yeah, I'm gonna be in Corning, and I'm like, yeah, yeah why? Yeah. Why would anybody go to Corning <laughs> for vacation? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to spend a week at the glass factory. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is it the factory or the museum? It's glass museum. But there is a factory. You're right. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to school in Mansfield, yeah. Pennsylvania. Nice. And, like, cool. most people weren't from around that area. So yeah. when we're like, okay, well, what do we do? What do we do for fun? <laughs> like, well, yeah. you can go to the Arnett Mall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or the Williamsburg <laughs> yeah. Mall. Or you can go to, we went to Painted Post for Chinese. And then some people went to the Glass Museum. We're like, you're not really selling Glass your school Museum. here. I don't know. My dad loves that museum. Anybody who comes to town, visits, he takes them there. That's the go-to place. It's like our Niagara Falls here. <laughs> like we have to go there. That's how it is. <laughs> Honestly, I've never been there. Is it that interesting? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Actually, I went there last year. I took my kids. We went there. That was kind of cool because I used to go there when I was a kid, right? When I was in like middle school, high school. And but now things, you know, they've added more stuff and, you know, so it was cool to see the new things that they've added. So, yeah. <laughs> Is it just artwork or the history of glass? It pretty much the history of glass throughout the hundreds of years that glass ever existed. And, you know, and then um, they show how they blow the glass to yeah. make like the different, you know, stuff. So there's people there who are actually doing it and it's like a whole show and. You know, when you're younger, it's mainly, you know, for kids and they, they love it, you know, to learn about it. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's so, pretty neat. So I'm guessing Chicago is more interesting than Corning. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> There's a lot of great stuff to see here. I think architecture is one big thing. You could take a boat, a ride around uh, the river, all the rivers, and they'll show you like, it's, you know, it's weird. Like there's one way you see the city they're walking or driving but seeing it when you're on the river is a whole different perspective <laughs> so it's, it's quite an experience yeah they turn that green yeah. at st patrick's day right yes. that's the one okay yes they do yep it's already green they just turn it a little <laughs> more green that's the joke here it's like yeah <laughs> i don't know if this is the same river didn't dave matthews band yes like empty okay 
river and we love it. We love the river. We don't care. We just, I don't know what prompted them to do that, but um, <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, it's funny because every time people mention the river, I automatically think about Dave, like it just goes there, you know, right. that's the kind of uh, imprint he's left on Chicago. <laughs> just, so, just, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know how many miles they had on that toilet. Just, oh, I don't, I that didn't it. land on any buddy right i don't i hope not you know it's <laughs> there's a lot of boats that come under those bridges so you know some you know a lot of tour boats and all and but yeah that'd be the more epic story i think right if, <laughs> if it fell on a tour <laughs> boat like and here you see the marine towers that look like a oh my god what is this and then a bunch <laughs> of crap just falls in your head and you're just <laughs> I, I remember a very different crash on me video <laughs> <laughs> It's people dancing around, Hilarious. not dancing oh, yeah. into shit. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> when, when did you move out to Chicago? Yeah, right after college in uh, 2002. Like six months after, it was like November 2002, I moved here. How often do you get back to New yeah. York? Now we're going like pretty much every year since, you know, the start of the pandemic. We drove one year in uh, 2020, we drove. And even in 2021, and this time we took the Amtrak. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, we've been going the last three years. And then, you know, my parents visited here and, you know, yeah. I was in Baltimore for a long time, Baltimore and Annapolis. Nice. And yeah. I would come back here. But my parents, when I came up to New York, I barely visited them. But yeah, it wasn't until I moved to like a big city where my parents yeah. were like, yeah, we want to visit you. Like, yeah. <laughs> like when they found there's culture in Baltimore and a professional baseball team and seafood that's not Red Lobster. And they love yeah. Red Lobster, but to eat seafood on a bay, cool. they're like, yeah. <laughs> and it, there was a point where I was like, you're not even visiting me, are you? Like, you're, Baltimore is the priority. The sun is not. No and I don't, I don't have kids. So I'm like, no, they want nothing to do with me. It's, I'm just a conduit to better food. That's it, man. That's how it is. When you don't have when you don't have kids, they're coming for the city, the environment, and you show them around. Especially when you're coming out of a place like you know small towns, right? Yeah. Small towns. So because you mentioned Arnott Mall, I was just there. Half the stores aren't there, so you know you go in there. You're like Arnott Mall, and then you go in there like uh, Arnott. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, sadly, yeah, it's a whole different. It just you know it's not the same mall anymore. <laughs> Well, ours in Johnson City. It's the Oakdale. Yeah. And okay. I drove around there, like like physically drove around the mall a couple of days ago. Yeah. And like half of it, they're the anchor stores that I knew. And okay. then I, I drove around where Sears used to be. And oh. I told, I told yeah. my girlfriend, I'm like, this is where I used to park, <laughs> which is part of the reason Sears went out of business. We all went there because there was ample parking. And we oh, knew nice. where to go. It was great. <laughs> but now they have like, like awesome. nice restaurants Man. and like a, a health and fitness center from Lord's Hospital. And I'm like, wow. this half of the mall is great. Yeah. The other half nice. is like, if they didn't have an Andy Ann's or a Cinnabon, <laughs> I don't think anybody would go there. Like Victoria's <laughs> Secret is closed down. And it's like, all right, that was. Yeah, it is. It, it it's is. weird. It's yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I think Amazon. Amazon's killing everything. Right. <laughs> You but know. I don't. I don't think yeah. they can touch Annie Ann's. No, no, they can't. No. So they're safe. Annie Ann's and Cinnabon—they're going to be the last. They're going to hold down malls. I'm telling. That's, <laughs> you're absolutely correct about that. They're—they're uh, going to be the last door, last places left. So yep. when when did you start doing stand up? Uh, in 2010. 
And funny thing about that, because that was my actual start with stand. Like I actually went to a mic, took it seriously, went in 2007, I was part of an organization called NetApp, Network for Indian Professionals. And I was uh, part of their social chair. So basically, I, me and uh, a couple of others, we set up events and stuff. And then we had this big gala thing where we hand over the responsibilities to the new board. So we have this big party and a comedian came and I was like, hey, uh, can I try some jokes before him? Because I thought I knew what I was talking about yeah. then. And I'm like, yeah. So a couple of friends helped me like build, you know, some, you know, make I, I had material. They helped me build it a little bit. This, that I talked. I pretty much talked eight minutes, like all the way through without stopping. Like there were no pauses. <laughs> there was no like, I think I got heckled once. I don't know. I didn't even know if I got heckled. I don't know. But that was in 2007. And then for three years, I never did anything about it. Then in 2010, I'm in Chicago. I mean, I'm still in 2007. I was still in Chicago. But 2010, went to a mic that was like a variety mic. You know, they had people singing, people playing music. And there were comedians, you know, and took five minutes of material. Went really well. So it's that thing, you know, like you hear from a lot of men. My first mic went so well. Yeah. I think this is what's going to happen now. I'm just going to kill every time now. No, of course not. <laughs> but I just kept getting back up there. And I think the first like maybe three, four years was like really getting into it, learning more about stand up. Am I holding the mic right? Am I on stage, you know, my stage presence? So it wasn't until like maybe five years into it, knocked out the stage, you know, the stage fright, kind of like that, you know, freezing up or whatever. So then it's just been like, you know, pretty good after that. So, yeah. <laughs> And you started in Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. I started in Chicago. Yep. Do you ever think about what it would be like if you started in Corning as opposed to Chicago? All the time. Okay. All the time. I, I always wish like I started when I was like 18 or 17 or something, you know, and, but, you know, <laughs> I'm glad I started though. You know, I was, uh, I think I was 2010, I was 30, 33. Now everybody knows how old I am. <laughs> 30, 30, 33. I was 33 when I started. Yeah. Which is well, not not too bad, I guess. I started at 33 too. Yeah. And nice. I, yeah. I had those same regrets. And I tell a story yeah. all the time, but like like I came into the Binghamton scene, which at the time, oh, okay. We probably okay. had like 22, 23 people. And okay. at that time, I was probably like fourth oldest, fifth oldest. Okay. And a lot of people were like wow. somewhere between like 24 and 28, I'd say. So I'm yeah. I'm 33 and I'm doing material that wasn't like I'm not going to say it was good, but it was, it was different. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it was like, okay, well I, I'd gotten stabbed one time and oh. I had lived in Baltimore and even that, like most of the Binghamton people hadn't left Binghamton. Oh, so like, okay. so like coming in there with like, I don't know, 11 years of living somewhere yeah. else and having yeah. a, an adult job. I was a journalist and whether you want to call wow. it adult or whatever, but, uh, <laughs> but like just having that experience was different yeah. there. So like, okay. I do wish I started like 18 or 19 or 20. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd be the same comedian at the start as I was. I hear you. I hear you. There's a, I think like, yeah, you're right. When you're in high school, when you're trying to, I don't think that maturity would have been there about like, you know, um, writing jokes or like what you're really, I think I would have been like this excited kid that just wanted to get up there and just start talking and not take it, not realize that, Hey, there's actually a bit of seriousness to this too. Like you have to, 
really commit to like writing a joke and writing material before you even get to a mic sometimes, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if that would have uh, been there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw a guy, I host an open mic in Endicott, yeah. and we had a guy, I'm going to say six months ago, one and done. Yeah. And it was kind of like cocky at the bar. <laughs> like, Oh, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. And yeah. oh, watch me. Yeah. Maybe he lasted 18 seconds. And, oh no. And, and no exaggeration. He got up there. Wow. Maybe it's a little bit longer, but he had yeah. no idea what, what he said. I think he said one joke yeah. about his dad, who I happen to know, yeah. which like he his his dad is like my brother-in-law is one of his best friends. So just yeah, weird. Oh, but wow. the joke went okay. But then he was like, I got nothing else. And like you could see right. you could see the train crash in his head. It was like, oh right. wait, <laughs> this is harder. Right. And right. I know for me, I went up there this kind of same attitude when I went to my first mic and then I watched everybody else and I was like, I can't do this. Again. Yeah. And yeah. I had to go home and write something instead of going yeah. up there and see yeah. what happens. Exactly. Exactly. This whole, yeah, I'm just going to wing it or, Hey, I have a funny thought and I'm just going to, you know, which all these like things where you kind of take a concept and you go up there, that's something that kind of, you know, you kind of acquire, I think later. Cause I'm that. I'm that kind of person. I don't write a lot. Like I don't write full. They're very rarely I'll write fully write out a joke. And a lot of times I'll take some concept and then things start building while I'm talking on stage. So I've come, you know, that's kind of what I've been doing. But when I first did an open mic, I wrote out every word on Microsoft Word. Like I just typed it out like it was a thesis of like what I wanted to say. And just, it was that, it was that like, you know, you know, detailed basically. So, yeah. <laughs> now, when you did that kind of impromptu thing before the comedian, was it a whole lot different than what you did at the mic? Not even as far as material, but like the, oh. the process. So, well, you mean like, um, sorry, can you ask that again? Yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah so yeah. when you got on stage for the first time, you know, yeah. quote unquote opening for that comedian. Oh, uh, okay. Compared yeah. to like your first open mic. I mean, what was the difference in that process? Like, were you like, Oh shit. Yeah. No, I need to do something different. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, there were things that I did carry from that first time. The one thing I noticed also uh, for right away was like, I didn't stop talking. I kind of just like rushed through it and I just talked fast. And I know pauses are important in, yeah, um, yeah. and delivery is important. So these are things that I kind of thought about before I even, hit the mic. So basically I'll have the jokes, I'll write it out, but then I'll read them and kind of be like, look, I don't have to rush through this. Let me just see where I can kind of pause a bit or where I can, you know, and then that's when the whole thing about, um, yeah, I definitely have to talk this out, mm -hmm. talk this joke out and see how it's going to sound up there. That's the first thing I had to learn was how am I going to deliver this? You know, because the same way I practice here is the same way I have to, you know, kind of carry up there. So yeah, definitely different. <laughs> I know you said you write a lot on stage, but yeah, do, do you have an outline for what you want to do? And oh yeah, how, how detailed is that? Like, are you word for word the stuff that you want to do? So I write out kind of like the main like bones of it. Like basically, there'll be um like for instance um the joke i still do from the very first mic is a spelling bee joke oh wow where i go like hey have you got you know and that, and then the main meat of it basically is like have you guys ever watched a spelling bee it's always the same thing you got 50 asians on one side you got like 100 indians and one really scared white kid in the back <laughs> row just shitting a brick 
So that kind of like that never changes that part that never changes like the rest. And then like a punch, but leading up to it sometimes, or like I'll, you know, things have been different. Like the way I come up to that spelling bee where I get some laughs there. So there are parts that change, but the meat of it doesn't change like the punchline. And then some of the setup is exactly the same, right? It never changes. If that makes sense. (laughs) It does. When you're rehearsing this, yeah. Are you kind of throwing out like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll go this way. Maybe I'll go that way. Are you, are you kind of yeah. rehearsing different directions? Oh yeah. Because you know, when I'm up there, a lot of times uh, what happens is I'll do the joke the same way I've done it. Then something will kick in my head because of a reaction in the crowd or something. And all of a sudden I keep talking and I add a tag and I get a laugh and I'm like, Oh wow. Like, okay, this is something I need to add now. So going forward, I, all, every time. And then um, there'll be another time where I do the joke and then um, I say something different that's off script of what I had. And I judge whether, hey, did that get a better laugh or, you know, and then if it did, they'll be like, all right, now I'm going to do it this way. And then that's the beauty because it's always a changing audience, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're going to hear, you know, whether you hear the joke one way or another way, I still keep like parts of it the same because the punchline is the same. There's like parts in the setup that are the same because I know that's where it's always been a strong laugh. And then all of a sudden what I have is a complete joke where this is what I'm going to do now going forward. This is my joke. Did you develop the style (laughs) after a while? Like once you got comfortable? Yeah, it took a while to understand that because when people comics have told me like, oh, yeah, sometimes you got to, you know, jokes get developed on stage and that thought, you know, I could never wrap my head around that because it's like. Wait, what are you talking? I thought you are supposed to prepare a whole joke. Yeah. You can, but sometimes you see that's what open mics are for, where you go up there, you try the joke, and then you kind of get a feel for am I, you know, the through the delivery and then or or what I do is after a while I stop doing a lot of mics, what I do is I sneak them in in showcases like the new jokes. Mm-hmm. So and then I see, you know, hey, does this work and those are my mics. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. me, like I I stayed away from crowd work for a long time. And yeah. it, I would say it was like a year after we started getting back on mics in the pandemic. Okay. And okay. like maybe I would say a year and a half ago. And okay. I started dipping into crowd work a little bit more and I started okay. feeling comfortable with it. And I'm like, all right, let me, let me try this. Because like when I write a joke, yeah, I write it out long form and then I'll rehearse it. And then yeah. as I'm rehearsing it, I'm like, well, that doesn't sound right. Let me try yeah. this. Let me let me switch the going to to gonna something like that. Yeah. Like let me. Yeah. It's more conversational, and oh, this feels better. And maybe yeah. maybe that sentence I wrote, I can't say it. So right. like, let right. me figure out a way, and then I'll edit it to that. But right. then I get on stage, and I'm like, okay, well, you have to talk it through, and then yeah. oh, this person said that. Okay, now yeah. I can pivot there, and I kind of right. like doing that. I don't know if yeah. I'm ever going to get to the point where you are, where it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna just let this bit go and yeah. I'll freelance it on stage. Like that's, you yeah. gotta have a lot of, a lot of faith in your ability it, and just be very comfortable doing it. It's like, and I'm not, you know, I'm not the best at it. I know comics who are so good that they just go up there and now, you know, they're that established that they just go up there and all of a sudden, you know, they're riffing basically yeah. sometimes, you know, and like uh, Russell Peters, half mm-hmm. his stuff is based off of the audience, you know, and then I'm the same way. Crowd work was never a thing. And I couldn't even, I couldn't even look at people in the eye. As soon as I did that, I was like a deer in headlights. Yeah. 
like if I looked at somebody of now I make it a point and I started doing, I was like, you know what? I have to look at people because as soon as you look at them, you all of a sudden connect with them. And it's like, they're your friend. All of a sudden they're your, it's like your neighbors or your friends that came to watch comedy. And you're just like, it's more personable. And then that made me feel comfortable, which was weird. I thought that would never happen, but that made me more comfortable. So then I started talking a little bit, you know, not a lot, but I would ask questions or like, you know, I noticed in New York city, a lot of the comedians yeah. are very, it's almost like they, they're taught crowd work. Like they, yeah. in order to survive, they have to do that. Is that similar in Chicago? <laughs> Not a lot, unless okay. you are a crowd comic. Like there are, I know, I know comics who are so good at it. Their entire thing is based on crowd work. You know, they just start talking to crowd. But the Chicago crowd is just a totally different scene. Like you, I don't see as much. And I don't know, like I've hardly been in, I've been in a few shows I went to in New York and they were fine. It's like, I know people say like, oh my God, New York, like they're so like rowdy or they echo a lot, but it's really not like that. But I do know that New York is like a whole other level, like when it comes to like the comedy. And that's why they always say Chicago is a great place. If you want to start comedy, Chicago is a great place to start. And I'm not, you know, I, and other cities are great. The comedy's growing everywhere. But I've always heard that, like, out of all the cities, Chicago seems like that. Because you got, you also got Second City that, like, elevates people a bit. You know, you learn a lot. And how more than half the SNL people were from, right. you know, Second City. But the crowd is um, is different. Overall, I think it's a bit more mellow than, you know, I've seen in New York. Because New York... Man, they're, and I think because they're used to like these hard hitting comments, it's a whole other scene over there. Um, yeah. So whenever we get a New York City comedian now, yeah, <laughs> there's definitely an ego. And yeah. we have comedians that I've seen who use New York City as a credit. And I'm like, it's not a, <laughs> it's not a goddamn credit. But, it's a city. <laughs> yeah. But like, you can definitely tell the difference between, and yeah, just not even so much as a talent and, and how well yeah. they do, but, but just how, well rehearsed they are it seems in yeah. crowd work like yeah they're, they're yeah. proficient and that's yeah. that's the main thing i see over new york yeah from new york city comedians over yeah the people in binghamton or whatever it's like oh like they just seem like they're definitely. they're more on top of the audience and definitely but you said it earlier like when you make eye contact when you start talking to the audience when yeah when it looks like you're talking to them yeah i mean psychologically <laughs> they're looking at you because they don't want yeah. you to think they're ignoring you I right. don't want to be called on. It's like we're back right. in class. <laughs> right, exactly. And you're having, at that point, it's kind of like a little conversation. And they feel comfortable. I mean, uh, because I'm not one to, I don't pick on people. I don't, you know, and I try to stay away from, you know, because my fear is, oh my God, this guy's going to like, uh, now Now the fear is you're going to get slapped or something. Yeah, right. But, um, you know, but, uh, but I don't normally, like, I don't, you know, I don't make fun of people or stuff, but. I do, you know, I'll ask a question, like, I have a joke about arguing with women. I'll be like, hey, man, uh, you guys seem like you're a couple, uh, you know, are you good at y- arguing? And then that always gets a funny answer based on what the guy responds, you know, always like, you know, but I like that, you know, when I ask, you know, it kind of leads into a more, more tags and more yeah. like, you know, so it is a great way to extend the joke. So, yeah, I mean, it's always a good challenge to do that. There's been at least one or two comments that have told me that, when you start talking to somebody, keep going until you can't go. Like sometimes you keep going until you can't go anymore. Don't quit, you know, because there's something there. But 
I don't know. I can't, <laughs> that's a bit challenging for me. I don't, I'm just going to keep going and not end up anywhere. And people are going to know what's going on here. <laughs> I, did, know? I did a show on <laughs> Friday and yeah. I was talking to the people about therapy and, and uh, I asked <laughs> if anybody had gone. And yeah. this guy, you know, it was a big guy in a blue shirt. That's all I remember. Uh, yeah. he's, like, he's like, yeah, I've gone. I go, you want to talk about it? No. <laughs> I go, you know what? I'm going to leave you alone. <laughs> like, no. like, I don't want to. No. You're bigger than me, first of all. You know, like there's, there's 20 of you, one of me. I don't, I don't know how many friends you have in the audience. I'm like, right. all right, cool. Well, we're good. We're good. If I see you at therapy, you, we'll talk. I, but I hear you, man. I hear you. It was funny because like I did this one, uh, <laughs> I was in LA, I was doing a show and I did this one um, joke about, um, <laughs> I have a Christmas joke where I'm talking about brown Santa Claus. And when yeah. I say brown, I mean Indian. And I'm assuming people will know that because I'm Indian and I'm connected. Okay. <laughs> this one African-American couple in the front, <laughs> I just like did not laugh. I'm like, oh crap. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about you guys. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm talking about Indian here. I don't, <laughs> it was funny because, and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep this going. I'm not going to address this. Cause I knew like they probably thought I was, cause I looked at, I don't know why I just kind of looked at them. And so I didn't know what was going on. They didn't laugh. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go over this. I'm not going to address this. <laughs> so yeah, there, there are times I avoid things too. Cause I know like, you know, if I address something, it's not going to go right. <laughs> yeah. I was told one time that the best thing you could do to, if you're doing crowd work is keep asking why, just find out, <laughs> and like you said, just dig a little deeper. And if that's you were, good, <laughs> it's like you're, you're talking and you come to a roadblock and like somebody says, Oh, you know, I do this. And you're like, why? <laughs> but why? The one time I did, uh, I have a joke that I really like, and I've got, three, I've got three cats. So like uh, I get made fun of because a lot of my material has to do with cats. And I asked the question one time, does anybody celebrate their cat's birthday, their pet's <clears> birthdays? And somebody yeah. said, no. And I said, why not? And the woman said, because he's adopted. Oh, and no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that that's kind of how it works. Like, yeah, I didn't think you gave birth to the fucking cat. And the, so I take that on stage now. And it's probably the biggest pop I'll get on that on that joke. But it's like, yeah, it's adopted. <laughs> you make up a date. Like who cares? Like your cat's not going to tell you when it's born. But oh my god, but, but that's where I was that's like, funny. I, I did that, and I'm like, oh my god, there's there's gold yeah. in here. Like if I talk yeah. a little bit, and right now if I get any feedback from the audience during the set, I'm like, okay, maybe yeah. this is something. Nice, that's awesome. Oh man, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I'm like, thank you for writing my joke. <laughs> that's awesome. Somebody yeah. came I love it when it works out like that, though. Like when you're just walking into a joke, you're just like, oh, wow, this actually works out. Yeah. Like yeah. So somebody came up to me after a show one time and she didn't like a joke. Oh, I opened with a joke about fireworks yeah. and how, you know, the punchline is that that I should probably stop setting the fireworks off in my cat's asshole. And, <laughs> you know, it was obviously a joke. And in the set, I had a joke about hanging myself. Okay. And she came up to me and objected to the joke about the cats. And I'm oh, like, okay, wow. it was like a weird conversation. She walked <laughs> away and I was talking to my girlfriend about it. I'm like, you know, she was cool with me talking about hanging myself. So like, <laughs> like I see where she her cool with that are. part. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, and again, I'm like, thank you for the joke. But it was like, all right, cool. And and my my humor is like self-deprecating. So it played right into yeah. what I do. So right, right, uh, right. Have you ever done that where it's like, okay, you had an interaction with an audience member after the show, no. maybe during the show and said, you know what? I have a new bit. I can do something. Like oh, this. 
yeah, that's happened a few times where people want to give me suggestions or or they have a joke. And, and the weird thing is, especially with Indian audiences, and this is one thing that, you know, I also address on stage with a joke is like Indians in our Indian community, they're not afraid of telling you stuff. Like they're not afraid of, like I did a private event once and then this, this older guy comes up to me, this Indian guy, and he's like telling me, what material I should do. Like, right. and it was completely off of what I actually do. So basically I have to now, like what he wants would want me to do is put aside all the genre that I do <laughs> and focus on a whole different one. Like if I told you, now you do like self-deprecating humor and all that, yep. but I say, you know what? I think what you should do is political stuff. I think you <laughs> should really get into political humor. Can you do that? Can you, kind of change your whole uh, everything and no sweat <laughs> like, that was probably the craziest advice i've ever gotten but after doing a show but yeah uh then people will tell me like oh you know maybe you should change this or but it happens you know a few times but uh not not a lot <laughs> how are the indian audiences different like i mean uh, <laughs> are they more i mean you said they they're not afraid to let yeah. you know what they think is, is oh, it yeah. during the show or they're, afterward well, one show I had it during, I don't know, somebody, one girl got offended because I was talking about, <laughs> I was making a joke about my wife, <laughs> it was like right. my marriage. I wasn't saying about all women, but she was like, hey, you can't talk about women like that. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> and then, um, but normally Indian audiences, it's either you get a really good Indian audience. And that's usually at all, a lot of these private events I've been doing. It's been like birthday parties and they are great. And oh man, they drink a lot, but they have a good time. <laughs> they love the jokes and humor and all that. But then there are the crowd that I did. Okay. I did a corporate, corporate event. Indian corporate events are the worst <laughs> to me. And uh, I know, I hope they're not going to be listening. I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, I went to one and um, it was all, it was like 300 uh, employees. Like they were having a Christmas party for their company. Yeah. and. Out of 300, five at one table in front of us listened to us. Wow. Everyone else was talking or near the bar or just like doing their own thing. One table listened to. And the other thing that tends to happen is everything changes sometimes when you get there. For instance, we were, I was supposed to do like, they gave a half hour slot, like me and one other friend went and I did, I was supposed to do like 10 or 15 and he was supposed to do the rest. And, he cut me off at like five minutes and then he cut my friend off at like five or 10 minutes. And like, this wasn't the plan. I mean, we got out of there with our check, which yeah, is like yeah. important, but at the same time, I think, and this is one of those things is like you prepare so long to do these jokes. You enjoy doing it. Yes. You get paid at the end, but if, if they're not going to do it, you know, uh, I understand plans change, but if you're going to get in the way of like the time you're supposed to do or like totally like I, I did one private event with a friend where he didn't get to perform at all. <laughs> so things have had, you know, it's, it's that uh, that tendency can be there. But now, you know, I do strictly when I do Indian parties, there are all these private events or like the birthday parties and anniversary parties. So much fun. So much fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I haven't had one bad experience at those. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, and I hope, yeah. I hope I'm right on this, yeah. but a buddy of mine, Zach Hammond, I don't know if you've ever run across yeah. him, but he's got a bit about how he did a private party for Indian 
yeah. uh, this birthday party, I think. Yeah. And it didn't go well. And okay. he said, uh, he ran into a friend on the plane who was Indian. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, they're going to have you back. And he goes, why? He goes, because they love fucking <laughs> with white people. <laughs> so, and they did. They, they had a Mac. That's awesome. So that's awesome. Yeah, so I don't know if it's just just a, a prank they like to play. Yeah. And the best thing is that if nobody listens, they'll still come up to you at the end and go, "Oh, good job, you did a very good job." I'm like, you didn't even listen to a word I said. I saw you. You were at the bar. Like you, what did you hear? <laughs> I wonder what's it's worse. So funny. Like, I wonder if that's so worse than, than the yeah. person who comes up and says, like, who didn't laugh at all and came up and like, you know, I thought you were really funny. I'm like, then laugh <laughs> once. Like, please, I needed you. I think it's worse if they didn't even see you and was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you were hilarious. I think that's worse. <laughs> but, you know, Indian audiences in clubs or, you know, not, not bad. I got, like I said, I did get heckled once. And, uh, you know, about the uh, arguing with women joke, but uh, um, usually it's not too bad. A lot of times, if you have a whole Indian audience, they do, uh, you know, look for a lot of Indian humor, but there are ways like, you know, I haven't really had a bad time with Indian audience at clubs and stuff. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah. How do you pronounce your name? So it's Raghu Adibatla. Okay, I'm guessing. Thank you, by the way, so I don't fuck it up. In the intro. <laughs> no worries, but, no but worries. You have to have jokes about the pronunciation and how it's been fucked up, right? Of course. Okay. I uh, my whole beginning, like I always start with usually my name, and yeah, <laughs> I probably have like a good eight to ten minutes just on my name. I mean, <laughs> now do you do that for Indian crowds too? I mean, because I would think oh, yeah. that would be so relatable. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and I I address it. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I know you guys are Indian, but Indians have made fun of me. <laughs> like it doesn't matter, you know. But, you know, my mom made fun of me. She called me Prego once just to be funny. I'm like, great. You named me. <laughs> like, no stone unturned now. I guess like everybody, <laughs> like now everybody can really make fun of me. You know. Oh yeah, no, that's. Uh, I think that's one of those things when you want to do comedy when you can hang on to something that's like. Hey, this is this is like my jump start here. Like, this is funny, you know, because people made fun of my name a lot when I was in school, and I was like crying sometimes. Like, it was like bullied about it. Then I decided, you know what, I got to stop crying about it, you know. And then I had a big sense of humor. Like, that's where you know that's kind of how my humor, you know, the sense of humor started, and it's always been uh, with me. So that's probably one of the main reasons I started doing stand up. Like, you know, I have this, I like joking about things, <laughs> you know, and uh, observing and joking and, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> what'd your parents, what'd your family think or your friends think when you said, hey, I'm going to stand up a try at 33? <laughs> My friends were like, I'm not surprised. Okay. <laughs> like they kind of had a, you know, they always knew me as this, you know, kind of joking around, you know, saying, you know, funny things. And my parents, you know, they're great. They're very supportive. They've watched me on Zoom. That's the only time they've actually watched me <laughs> when they didn't have to leave their house. And um, they watched, you know, a few times. And um, but they're great. You know, they um, have always uh, encouraged me. But yeah, um, it, it, it's been pretty good. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. My parents, when I told them, I was going to say, maybe because <laughs> they knew I wasn't funny. But they're like, <laughs> you know, I went from journalism to I was selling books and toys on Amazon. So I'd already oh, like wow. <laughs> given up everything I learned in school. And then I said, I'm going to do stand up. And my parents are musicians. Like, like they're also teachers, but like 
they make money playing an instrument or conducting an orchestra. Awesome. So like that's awesome. It is. But I thought, hey, they would get it. They would get <laughs> the <laughs> performance aspect. Like, hey, this guy, you know, he didn't use the tuba we bought him. Now he's gonna do some sort of artwork. No, they're like, you 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 gotta think this through. And it's like, all right, well, there you go. So they're not supposed to, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that your parents were. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're fine. Like if I didn't right now, I also work during the day, but if I didn't have a job, I think right. it'd be a little different. They'd be like, you know, great, but what are you going to do during making money? Cause it's not like I'm minting money right now, but I think it would have been a different scenario, but they, you know, um, actually, uh, this is hilarious. I, um, the last company I was at, <laughs> my manager he was so like he was one of those like he and also indian he basically was like i need you to choose between your comedy and marketing no like kidding. what do you want to do in life and this was his character so i'm not saying all indians are like this right. but this was just his character that he was always like this and he, he was like <laughs> it's like even my old parents were like hey yeah great you're doing comedy but this guy's like making me choose. I'm like, are you serious? Are you really serious? Like, that's my life. <laughs> that was crazy. I spent a year doing marketing. I was a, I was a copy. Oh, nice. And yeah. Like, like, they couldn't have been, my bosses couldn't have been more supportive of my yeah. comedy. Yeah. I think they were yeah. like, man, if you get better at comedy, you'll leave this place. So, so do <laughs> it. But no, I, I would think that would like yeah. doing stand up, writing comedy would help you. Yeah. In marketing, like that Definitely. would be a bonus. It does because part of my job, sometimes I'll have to do it. Like I'm presenting a few slides next week. And I talked to this with my manager, my company, like they know I do stand up. Like I share, I was, I actually have a show this weekend. I was like, Hey, I got a show this weekend. They're encouraging. Cause that's my, you know, and then I know other coworkers who play in a band. My boss is boss. She's in a band. She plays. She, yeah. That's what she does. And they're very encouraging about it. That's the kind of culture. And um, so, yeah, they encourage it, which is great. And yeah, stand-up definitely translates when you do like presenting because it's all about connecting with the audience. And I told this to that. I said, this is, it helps me because when stand-up, you're connecting with the audience, you're engaging with them. You're doing the same thing when you're presenting slides on finance. You just got to make it interesting. You got to be able to make it interesting and talk. And uh, and then when you're dealing with people, when you're talking to people, your coworkers, they kind of get an idea. They're like, oh, yeah, see, now, you know, it makes sense. Like, the because of the way you are or the way you talk. Yeah. So it definitely helps. Yeah. But, I mean, and I know stand-up comedians, I don't know how they are in Chicago. I assume <laughs> a lot of them are awkward and socially <laughs> stunted. But, like, I would think that being a stand-up would help you in the workplace, too. Like. Like just, yeah. if something goes wrong, you know, in a presentation, yeah. you could tell a joke while you're setting up right. the, oh, yeah. the slides, whatever, like yeah. anything. Yeah. It just makes you a better, a more well-rounded person and personality. Yeah, it definitely does. I think, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, uh, that's what they say, right? The awkwardness, the, that's the typical stereotype types of a comedian. You're yeah. a, you're a bad dresser or you're yeah. like, you, you know, you're, you know, there's all that is there. So but yeah, I think it could um, could help a lot if you think about it, you know, in the right way. Yeah. So are you in Definitely. contact with your old boss at all? <laughs> no, <laughs> I blocked him right away. <laughs> I quit. I quit. I was like, I'm done. Like he, he, you know, it just more stuff after that. And I was just like, I'm done. Like, I can't 
I mean, it wasn't entirely because of that, but yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I talk to people like I've worked with, you know, past companies. Like I don't like to burn bridges, but there are times where it's like, look, I'm never going to ever going to speak to you again. I might use you in material. Right. <laughs> you know, that's about it, you know, so. <laughs> are you able to use any of that as like motivation? Like, okay, well, screw <laughs> this guy. I mean, and that goes for anyone. Oh, yeah. And you're like, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When somebody tells me not to do something, like, especially, especially when it comes to the stand-up comedy, it's like, uh, yeah, that's a challenge. <laughs> now you're challenging me. I'm just going to like, you're telling me to quit comedy and focus on my job. You're telling me, first of all, that I'm not good at my job, I guess, because right. you think the stand-up is in the way. And you're telling me, oh, I don't have the maturity to handle both. So just wait you watch. <laughs> so yeah, it motivates you kind of makes you like, yeah, you know what? I can handle both. <laughs> yeah. I, like I know, <laughs> and this is not totally related, but like, uh, yeah, my girlfriend in college would, we'd have this joke where I would tell her, I'd try to tell her funny stories or anecdotes yeah. and make her laugh. And she would look at me and says, Mike, you are not a stand-up comedian and I am not your audience. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> and it, it was hilarious. I, I really loved it. Yeah. But like, I always think of that when, when, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, well, when I get my first album, that's when I'm going to name it. Something like that. Like yeah. I, I pulled yeah. anything like that, like uh, yeah. a booker one time at a show, the worst show I ever had, the producer, I got off the stage and it didn't yeah. go super well. He had the entire audience. He said, do me a favor, clap one time. Everybody clapped. <laughs> And he said, that's all Mike deserves. Oh, my God. If I had a hook, I would have used it on him. And I'm upstairs. You said this to the audience? Yeah. I left right away. I grabbed my coat. Oh, my God. Because like, I was like, if I stick yeah. around, I'm going to fight him. And I'm not going to yeah. fight him. So I walked yeah. out and I heard people bitch about him. Because yeah. like, he basically yeah. turned a room full yeah. of decent people and into the, bullies. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a weird thing to do. But like I think wow. of that moment, I'm like, okay, well, fuck him. I've got, right. I've got to be better. Yeah. I've got to make sure this yeah. doesn't happen. And yeah. at a certain point, I want him to see how well I'm doing and say, ah, yeah. shit. Yeah, and it's happened to everybody. Like I've watched a couple of documentaries. One was comedian with uh, oh, Jerry Seinfeld, yeah. and but about Jerry Seinfeld, like even he, like there's been. Um, Booker, so it's I'll never book you. You're not funny. I'll never book you. You're not gonna, you know, be a comic like what, you know. And uh, look what happened to him. I mean, like he he was <laughs> like, right. it's not gonna. This is not gonna stop me. Like you think this is gonna stop me? No. Like this is just gonna make me work harder, you know. And then I'm in another documentary, Kevin Hart, <laughs> he did an audition, and they're same thing. They're like, uh, you're not you're not funny, or something to that extent. And um, I think sometimes when you hear things like that, it just makes you work harder. <laughs> it's like, okay, you don't think I'm funny. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Let me fix it. Let me keep going, you know, and uh, it just makes you work harder. That's it. <laughs> you look at the people who SNL yeah. rejected, like, like Jim yeah. Carrey was rejected yeah. SNL. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who had a better 1990s than <laughs> Jim Carrey. Like, <laughs> I just remember the one where he's on the kiddie pool. <laughs> yeah, but, but he hosted what do you that. Mean? Oh, he was hosting that. Yeah, one. Okay, he came back and hosted. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Like, but yeah, he yeah. he got denied at SNL, and then Keenan Ivory Wayne's was like, "Hey, we had yeah. this sketch show called In Living Color. Yeah. We'd like you on it." And he yeah. was their star for like five years. Yeah, then, that's right. And then that's Dumb right. and Dumber, Ace Ventura, and yeah. the Mask were all in one year. 
Oh, he's so talented. He's so talented. But, I mean, like, <laughs> I think everybody has that moment where it's like, well, mm-hmm. SNL said no, this booker wouldn't book me here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a comedian, and I get pushed back every once in a while, but I think a comedian has to be competitive. And, oh, yeah. Like, you do. If not, you if do. not like competitive, yeah. just spiteful. Yeah. You know, like, exactly. I, and, and I mean, like, everybody has a path, everybody has a way. Like, I know some comics. You know, to be like, oh, my God, you're getting booked everywhere. I don't know if I can do those shows. And I'm like, you're doing your shows. I see you everywhere. It's not the same places, but you're doing, they're almost, you know, you're doing your path. I'm doing mine. You know, we all have that path. So it's like you can't, you know, okay, fine. Uh, You're not going to be a headliner at Zadies. That's okay. (laughs) Is everybody a headliner at Zadies? No, they still have you know, a Netflix special somewhere or doing something, you know, just think about it. Back in the day, there was only a few clubs and a few comics. They didn't have social media. They didn't have like all this other stuff now that, you know, in a million mics all over the place. It wasn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you... <laughs> do you remember the worst set you've ever had? The worst oh, show yeah. you've done? Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. I did a, uh, so they do these audition sets at Zadie's and there's two locations now in Chicago. By the way, um, I, I don't like how this starts for you because, oh, no, it, because it's at an audition. It's, uh, it's not. Okay, okay. I think I don't even think they saw a clip. I just said, said uh, <laughs> do you have any availabilities? I don't know. I went, right? Okay. And I did I did it a few times. I kept like going back and but <laughs> the one time I went, I I'm into I'm doing my material and then I think I went three minutes in and then I froze. Entire minute, nothing came out of my mouth. Complete silence and that minute felt like hours freeze for a whole just imagine not talk for like a whole minute and look at a clock like just or just it feels like a long time and i was up there there was a decent audience that night because it was a tuesday night sometimes it's light sometimes it's and i was like just nothing came out and then like the comedian started you know clapping you yeah. know how that goes like just to make me feel better and like and then <laughs> the clap stopped and I'm still silent. Like you're supposed to like jump in at that moment. <laughs> like that was supposed to help me, right? <laughs> I get I remember that like the clap stopped and it's still silent. I'm like, I'm like, thanks guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> so then another like 30 seconds or so. And then all of a sudden I kicked back in and I finished and I got a laugh on the last joke and that's it. And then from that moment, and it's kind of like the same thing we were talking about, about somebody telling you you're not going to be funny. Yeah. This just made me realize I am never going to do this again. Like, this is never going to happen to me again. I'm going to make sure I'm never going to freeze. So from that moment, I kind of figured out, you know, what to do and what am I doing wrong? And then it, it never happened since then. Like, I've never, you know, and when it almost does, I kick in, you know, it, it like happens faster. So I, I think it's moments like those, like your worst set really is kind of like a blessing or it's like, oh, well, now I, you know, <laughs> you know, then maybe there's like a learning in this or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. How, how long into stand up were you at that point? Um, This was like 24. It was like four years, four years. Okay. So does yeah. anybody remember yeah. that? No, okay, of course yeah. not. Nobody. <laughs> and, and I always think like, yeah. it's so much bigger in our heads than anything. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I yeah. bombed at a contest one time. And yeah. as far as I know, there are two people who I could bring that up to and they'll remember it. Yeah. 
And oh, I'll remember okay. exactly okay. how hurtful it was. Yeah. But they're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And I'm like, you're being polite. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> we've all been there. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're our worst critics. We bring ourselves down all the time. I'll do a show and I'll be like, I will not feel good about it. And then the other cops will be like, dude, I thought you were the best one. I'm like, really? Was I? Was I? <laughs> you know, because yeah, you don't know if they're just being nice or I don't know. Yeah. And I think it's our natural instinct to say, yeah, no, like don't yeah. play what we've done. Because yeah. I don't know, like for me, I'm always chasing something better. And yeah. I'll be bummed that I fucked up one joke. Whereas, yeah. like, I don't know, 10 minutes has, have gone really, really well. But I'm right, stuck on the, right. the one or two that didn't go well. Right. Exactly. Because we, I mean, you know, we prepare and this is where that cockiness doesn't work, where it's like, you could just, you know, like that one guy, like, oh, I'm great. And then, or even after a set, be like, oh my God, I killed, you know, when you might not have, but you know, you prepare so much. That's where the pressure comes in when you think you didn't do well. Yeah. Well, I prepared all this and I thought I delivered the way I wanted to. And then all of a sudden all that, you know, kind of bruising your head <laughs> when you think you did bad. So, yeah. Now you've got a dry bar special coming out. Yes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Tell me about that experience because I've heard, yeah, I've heard, you know, I know probably two shows and in Utah, yeah. yeah, but I've heard the audiences are great. They're really good. And uh, you do two shows in one night. And the other thing is it's dry. The humor is dry. Like you can't, you know, I'm a clean comic. Like I'm a clean comic. I've done shows where there are kids in the audiences. Even I had to cut out two or three jokes. Really? I couldn't do. Yeah, I couldn't do because I mean, one had like some innuendo, like sexual innuendo, and I used different words, and so I couldn't do that. And then there was another joke where I say the word, I just say the word porn. It's not even a dirty joke. I just say it. You can't say that. And there's a lot of things you can't do. So when I was going into it, I'm like, holy crap like what you know oh, i hope i'm clean enough <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I go, oh, oh. no but uh so i took it the safest route as possible i followed their rules to a t and then even while i was there i'm like writing jokes i'm like is this okay by the way i already prepared this into the set i hope yeah. this is okay but yeah it was quite an experience i mean a whole production makeup and all this i'm like where am i like you know I had a lot of pressure on myself. I was just like, I was so nervous. But the first set went really well. Second set, you know, was was all right too. And the whole experience was great. But yeah, it was it was pretty unreal. <laughs> How big of an honor is that for you? For me, it's huge because first of all, like when I started this, and I it was after I got married in 2012. We had our daughter, and then now you know I have a son. He's like five. So like I couldn't go out and do mics every night. So I was a different kind of comic. Like I couldn't follow what other people do. So I was like, is this even going to work for me when I started? You know, I was like, what am I going to do? But I mean, I found a way to like kind of make it work, I guess. And it's, you know, just keep going. And then all of a sudden, like I get a contact to like, hey, do you want to um, send your material to Dry Bar? And took a few emails. And then all of a sudden, I'm in this conversation where I'm about to tape a comedy special. So when I look back and I look at this whole journey, how like I just, you know, I couldn't do as many mics. I couldn't like, you know, there were times where I had to cancel shows because my kid was sick or, you know, it was just this weird path. And then so when this happened, I was like, wow, like, you know, I must have been doing something right. So right. And now it just makes me want to, you know, keep setting goals, you know, and 
someday I want to do, you know, like every comic's dream, you know, being on Colbert or Fallon or that's like my next goal setting for myself. And, but yeah, it, it definitely feels great that I've accomplished something. <laughs> You know, you're yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, Colbert yeah. has ties to Chicago. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When that first set goes really well. Yeah. Do you relax a little bit? And you're like, okay, well, yeah. whatever happens the second one, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, it's <laughs> going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I relaxed a lot, you know, and it didn't, you know, the first one was really good. The second one was, and then again, I was a hard critic on myself yeah. for the second set. But they were like, you know, the other car, you know, even the people, you know, working there is like, no, you, I think you did great. You know, I thought that set went well, really, really too. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm not going to think more about this because this is like something else. It's not like a regular showcase. So I'm like, I'm going to forget. I'm going to take your word. Just keep that in my mind and make myself feel comfortable about it. And it's like, don't, you know, don't kick yourself. This is not the time to do it. Because at that level, you don't want to kick yourself. They let it brew in your head. You just want to be like, it's out there. It's there. Yeah. And we're just going to let them do their thing and produce or whatever. And that's it, you know? But yeah, yeah, it definitely was a great experience. Yeah. <laughs> at that point on the second yeah. show, are you able to yeah. make any adjustments? Yeah. Okay. So I learned like from the first set, like I would think about them like, oh, okay, you know, did I say it? the way I wanted to. And then you make adjustments. And then what they do is, you know, you kind of, if there's something that worked out in the first one, the same joke. So what they'll do is they'll put it into the, they'll kind of edit into it. Right. It's the same joke, but if it worked better, because they, what they want is to produce your best, right? Your best self. So uh, in my case, it was great. My first set was really not a lot of changes at all, like needed to be made. The only thing that, you know, I was thinking about was like a little bit from the second one. I'm like, all right, can you just add this into the first one? But it really was the whole first set that did it for me. So, um, yeah, it went really well. I didn't know if you like, if you had full approval on the first set, it's like, okay, well, maybe maybe I can add something else into the second one. Oh, yeah. Or if you had to run that through anybody. They'll ask you. Okay. They'll be like, how'd you feel about both sets? And is there something that worked in the second one that you want to? You want us to put so, um, and basically it's up to you and it's really nothing like, you know, it's your material, your show, that's your show there. So all you're doing is just kind of, uh, moving a little bit into the other one, which worked out perfectly for me because the first one went so well. (laughs) So I was like, I don't really, there's not a lot of changes here, just one thing. And then, you know, so I was kind of happy about that because my, my fear would have been like, if I had like, sense it's like what am i gonna they're just gonna put a laugh track through the entire <laughs> thing or what like just some <laughs> you know so but it, it went it went well <laughs> when did you film yeah. this april 29th okay okay so of this year though <laughs> yeah okay wow that's a quick turnaround it, for them yes because unfortunately for a lot of comics they taped during the pandemic and it yeah. slowed a lot of things down so for like two years like it was you know it was a very slow turnaround so I really like, you know, and these are like really funny comics that were out there because there were some that had um, limited audience, you know, yeah. the tables were apart. So I'm just thanking my lucky stars that I came in at a point where everything's back to normal and it was a full audience. That's so, great. So it came in at the right time, which was unbelievable. Yeah. What do you expect to come from this? I mean, you've got to try. I don't know. Out. I mean, they, I don't know what their exact number is, but they got more yeah. than a million 
subscribers. They have a lot. And it's based on a lot of views. They really look at that. So I have no idea. But what I do know is I got to start building more like new material. And, you know, and I'm working on it. And I'm like, once it's out there. And it's not like, you know, you always have that thing. It's like, oh, my God, I'm going to get the whole country to watch this. I mean, who knows? But the thing is, I do, you know, you put it when you put something out there, you got to start like now building a whole other, you know, uh, half hour to an hour to, you know, start working on, you know, all newer stuff. Right. To clubs, you know, so that's my next step I'm working on right now. You mentioned your kids preventing you from going to yeah. and working on material, but <laughs> how have they benefited you as a comedian? Because I know I don't have kids <laughs> and like a lot of people are really thankful for that, but there are times where I'm like, I kind of would like a kid because man, I, I don't know what to write. And I think that kid would give me some material. Oh yeah. Kids. Oh my God. It's so much. Like I, I that's why I um, look up to comics like Ray Romano yeah. When he's talking about his twins or when he's ta- so funny. Like, I love the family. Like, Nate Brigazzi. Yeah. Um, when he talks about his family, his daughter, his wife, and how he's, like, so clueless. Or I love it because it's a great inspiration for me and things that I need to observe when I'm with my kids or, you know, when I'm out with family. And But, yeah, you know, life doesn't stop. And so things are always going to be there for you to make fun of. So, that's why we had kids. So I could have material. And I, didn't, I don't really care about it. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> we, this world has a lot of people. I think that's the best reason to have them. How old are they? Are they eight and five? So five and nine. Five-year-old okay. boy and nine-year-old daughter. Yeah. Have you noticed in them your sense of humor, your personality? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My daughter. <laughs> you, you don't so sound my- so enthused about that. <laughs> no, it's, it's hilarious. I mean, I'm proud of them. Like, my daughter, like, her parents will like be like, "Oh yeah, your daughter just did a whole stand-up show for us." I'm like, "What? <laughs> She's churning out material faster than I am. Like, what is she doing? <laughs> she had a whole stand-up show, and like, I'm like, what? She's great. I mean, she tells, she loves telling jokes, you know. And uh, like, she'll be like, "Why couldn't the singer not get into a car? Oh, she forgot her Alicia Keys." I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that's pretty funny. All right, <laughs> and like things like that." But it's hilarious. <laughs> What's your wife think? I mean, when she sees oh. <laughs> your daughter tell jokes, yeah. is she like, oh, no, not another one. <laughs> oh, no, she's she's a big fan. <laughs> she really is. And I'll run jokes by my wife. And I mean, it's just great that, you know, she's like that. Like, she is just like me. She's a ham when it comes to, like, doing show. Like, she'll, she loves to sing. That's what she does. She loves it. She sings really well. And um, I'm like, okay, if I'm not gonna get anywhere, my daughter is. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's definitely see what's here, you know. But yeah, my my wife loves it that she's um, you know, she has that creative uh, gene in her, you know, so the art gene in her. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you the only art type in your family? I mean, does that does it run there? Oh no. So well, in my family. Yeah, yes. Like my dad's dad, my grandfather, uh, he was in theater. Um, okay. He used to do a lot of plays and stuff. And then on my wife's side, they're all singers. A lot of them are singers. They sing really well. They're musicians, which was great to hear that. <laughs> because um, it's great when you have that kind of thing in your family, you know, where um, people have these talents, you know, and uh, these shows, like the, now they're gigging. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's kind of, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I know my girlfriend's yeah. mom, she yeah. heard I was a comedian and she immediately thought 
oh no, you're going to have to support him. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time I, I had oh. just as much money as my girlfriend. So I'm like, not yet. <laughs> now I'm like, well, maybe she's right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, oh, well that's, that's one, the one thing people know about standups is that they don't yeah. have a lot of money until they yeah. get really, really, really good at it. And look, I'm sure there are like Indian parents out there like, oh, what do you want to do? Stand out on the street like a monkey, <laughs> you know, like, the, you know, that's been, been there. People, you know, they say that. But yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's also great to see more Indians out there, too. Now the community is growing uh, Indian comics, which is great. Yeah. yeah. How, how many are, are worldwide known? Uh, well, there's a lot that here's the thing. There's a lot of big comics coming from India and they're touring in the U.S. Okay. And a lot of the Indians know who they are. I think predominantly Indians go to their shows. Right. But Indians from here who I think besides Russell Peters, there's a lot of up and coming, I think. You okay. could say. I mean, you got you got a uh, uh, Hassan Minaj, you know, he's right. a he's a big comic, you know. Kumail Nanjani, the guy from uh yeah, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. he did that, that movie uh, well, he's Aziz. he's he's pretty well known and Aziz you got Aziz yep. Ansari. And then uh, I know I'm missing uh, Hari. Yeah, Hari Kondabolu. Yep. yep. So yeah, you, so you got some uh, you got some big names out there, um, which is which is really good. Did you um, look up to any uh, Veer Das? Veer Das. Oh, I don't, um, I don't know him. Yeah. So Veer Das is is really funny comic. He's very Indian. Like he talks a lot. I think he talks a lot about like being Indian, like India. But also, yeah, really funny comic. But uh, sorry, you were asking. Yeah, were we mean, asking? Do um, you look up to those guys? Or oh, I mean, is it just hey? I just want to listen to funny people. Oh no, I oh definitely, most definitely. Um, because it, it's just great to see Indians do you know stand up and do yeah. something like that. You know, because people would always say, oh, you know, all Indians are doctors, or all Indians are engineers, or well. You know what? Indians are also stand up comics now. So I think that's something. That's a big thing. You know, and especially, you know, in this country where we're always known to be the ones in the spelling bee or we're always the one. We're not all brought up like that. I mean, right. maybe, yes, at one point, I don't know, uh, kids were spelling bee. And, but most of them, I think, are programmed to, I mean, you know, they're like, hey, uh, you got to be a doctor or an engineer and, or, you know, corporate. But it's great to see that, you know, there's that evolving thing about what more Indian Americans are doing. So yeah, it is a cool thing to be like, Hey, I'm Indian and I'm, you know, doing stand-up comedy, <laughs> you know, and I, I like that. And doesn't Russell Peters, like he's got to be one of the richest comedians. Yeah. Because he he, he tours a lot all over yeah. the place. Yeah. He tours a lot. He's, he's one of the, I think he's one of the top touring comics aside from, I think Kevin Hart is the other one who, tours a lot but yeah the guy's huge i mean he started before i think the way before in the 90s like he um you know he started uh, way before all these guys so that's who like a lot of indian comics and i hear it a lot i became a comic because of russell peters yeah you know i i've watched russell peters and that's that's you know he's an inspiration so he's kind of an inspiration to everybody so what's next yeah. for you i mean do you have i know you said <laughs> okay well you want to do the late night but do you have any yeah. short-term goals? Okay, well, here's the next one on my list. So the next goal is just to keep writing to another where I have another like whole new 45 minutes to an hour, you know, and then I guess, yeah, definitely want to do a late night spot. I think that's always been out there like everybody. And um, 
I'm uh, writing a book. <laughs> been trying. It's been going. It's been going. But uh, I hope to finish that some point soon. Kind of hard to now sit down and keep writing. But that's one thing I want to finish. And it's just about my comedy journey. And you know, when I started writing that, I stopped for a while because I wanted it to lead to something big. Right. And the one thing that I really wanted it to lead to was a comedy special. And this was even before I even thought that I would even ever, ever be talking about one. So now, since this happened, I can now write towards that. So I'm like, okay, I'm glad it happened now. I can actually work towards finishing it. And that's what it's going to work towards. So that's my next goal. Me- next, you know, immediate goal is to finish that. Yeah. Now you have yeah. a new chapter. Yeah, basically. that's It's like my last, it's probably going to be like my last chapter of like what, you know. But yeah, it's like basically just my journey in comedy and throughout it, just some tips of, you know, learning the hard way. Right. Um, if you want to be a comic, this is what you should not do. <laughs> And, you know, things like that. But yeah, that's my next goal. And then, yeah. And then um, I really want to have a tour sometime. That's another goal. So yeah, agent. <laughs> that's probably like <laughs> the big before before the tour happens. So, but yeah, I've, I've, I've some big goals. <laughs> I assume that tour yeah. is going to start or end in Corning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm not <laughs> lying. I'm definitely going to make it. But here's the thing, though, and it might actually might not have my parents are thinking about moving. So my days in Horseheads and Corning are numbered. But if I ever do a tour, I am going to go back. I'm going to make that one of my stops. Yes, Did you, so you <laughs> I went, will. <laughs> you went to high school here, right? Uh, I went to high school in uh, Corning. Yeah, right. uh, Horseheads, right. actually. Right. Yeah, yeah. So what was it like? Because you just did a show with Dan Mullen. What was yeah, it like Dan Mullen. doing a set in your hometown? It was great. And I actually did it before. I uh, In uh, 2018, Memorial Day weekend, I had a friend who owned a bar. It was a really cool tiki bar. And she had uh, she had live bands there and stuff. So I did a whole half hour for my uh, high school friend. Just like that. I was just like, I'm just going to come and just do half hour for you guys. Like no wow. chart. Like just do it. And that was like the big, because we had a high school reunion the year before and like a lot of people came out for it. This time I actually, you know, I'm bo- I was booked on a show. So I had like four or five of my friends from high school come and which was really great. I mean, <laughs> it, it was fun to, uh, it's like, Hey, uh, at least, uh, I mean, you know, to show you guys, I amounted to something after high school. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, you talked about like shows in Chicago and the yeah. dry bar. I can't think yeah. of anything with more pressure than doing a half an hour in front of my high school oh. friends. I, I, I'm telling you, this, this is true. I was setting up for an open mic one time and I yeah. saw somebody sitting at, it's a hometown bar. All the people who never moved, they go to this bar. And I saw a popular girl from my high school and <laughs> nice. she's a, Still a striking woman now, but back then she was one of the cool girls. I'm telling you, I delayed that mic 45 minutes until oh, she left. Because, and I told awesome. everybody, I'm like, they're like, hey, Mike, when's it going to start? I go, well, so Kim, oh, I, know, no. I know Kim from high school. They're like, oh, we get it. We get it. Totally. Because like, I, I had no idea. her to see you up there. Dude, I might have done well in front of her. I have no idea. But I know she didn't talk to me in high school. So I was like, the last thing I wanted was for me to bomb doing new material in front of Kim from high school so she could tell everybody. So the fact that you were able to do half an hour, I don't care if they're your friends or they're not your friends. 
that takes that takes some courage. It was well, uh, the cheerleaders talked to me now, I guess. It took 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> they didn't talk to me at all in high school, but now it's like, oh hey Rex, what's up? Where were you guys in high school? Like, <laughs> no, it was it was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> We've all matured. I'm sure she did too. Yeah, I'll, ne- I'll never know. <laughs> You'll never know now. No, nope. nope, not at all. <laughs> well, That's too funny. Dude, oh, my God. This is a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, thank you so much for yeah. this. It's great getting to know you. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm really happy to be on here. This is great. Yeah. Do you have any – So I know you want everybody to watch the Dry Bar special. But yeah. Do you have any social media you want to promote? Anything else? Yeah. So on Instagram, I am at RRA Comic. Facebook, of course, my name, Ragu Adibatla. You just put in Ragu, I'll be popping up, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know. Adibatla is A-D-I-D-H-A-T-L-A. So I only, yeah, pretty much Instagram and Facebook. And you'll find all the shows on there. I mean, I usually put up all the promos of shows coming up. So you'll find stuff on there. So add me and uh, you can even DM me and be like, hey, you got any shows coming up? I'll uh, definitely let you know what's there. So yeah. This has been great, man. I love it. You're from upstate New York and, you know, I, uh, you know, all the places I'm talking about. So yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> unfortunately yeah. I know horse heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so great. Well, yeah, man. Next time, next time you're in town, let me know a little before. I know you asked earlier. My thing is I booked like three and four months ahead. Yeah. But if you're in town, let me know. I'll, I'll throw you in too, show man. for sure. Sounds great. But, cool, man. Again, thank you so much. Yeah. I'll talk to you in a bit. Hey, thank you, Mike. You got it. Appreciate it. This was fun. I'm peeling back my sunburnt skin. I'll wait outside your bedroom.